Hello and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Are you ready to take your business to the next level then? How do you grow? How do you stay ahead of the game? The four key areas of business growth, they, they say, are centred around business, innovation, technology and efficiency, or as the acronym of that is BITE. And it so happens the business event of the year is called the BITE Conference right here in downtown, downtown Mornington on Tuesday the 29th of May. So today we're going to zero in on BITE, business, innovation, technology and efficiency and taking care of business is made possible by our good friends at the EVU Group, Australia's first multi-brand real estate network. So Byte gives you the unique opportunity to explore technology that not only makes your business more streamlined, but improves your profits. Our first guest has disrupted and zeroed in on this space and made accounting fashionable. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) If you haven't picked up the pun yet, I'm zeroing in on zero accounting software and joining me today is the Managing Director in Australia, Trent Innes. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Good to have you here. Thank you for making the journey down to Mornington. It's a pleasure. Now, in hindsight, accounting software appeared ripe for disruption. So how did Xero identify the gap? So I think you touched on a little bit to begin with. It was, um, it's about making it fun to begin with because most, most small businesses actually don't like doing accounting, believe it or not. They don't, uh, they don't go to work to do accounting. No, it's very (laughs) true. Down with a feather. They don't enjoy it, but they have to yeah, do it. Yeah, and, you know, most of our studies sort of show that most small businesses spend about 11 hours a week on compliance type tasks. So doing things that are unproductive, they don't go into business for that. They, they might go in it for necessity. It might be, you know, for, to follow a dream, but it's not, it's not for accounting. So with the advent of, of cloud technology, um, we saw an opportunity in the market to think about doing it differently. Mm. So that was really the advent. So what the cloud gave us was the ability for small business owners to collaborate. And we have been able to almost allow them to collaborate and digitize. So what does that mean? So fundamentally, they can actually talk in real time now to accountants and bookkeepers who can actually help them be successful in their business. Because historically, they're almost doing it alone. They were sitting behind a desktop computer, generally after hours, on weekends, taking time away from their families. But they can now actually do it in real time. And quite often, I'll say, um, I'll be at a... I might be at a sporting event with my children on a Saturday morning and I see people standing there with their phones and they're either a, they're either on Tinder or they're reconciling, <laughs> reconciling accounts. Right. That's how much fun we've actually made it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, and that's the, the, the beauty of the cloud. Uh, can we just for one second for those listening over 50 who are still struggling with the concept of the cloud, let's just have a chat a little bit about what it is and how safe it is. So it is very, it is very, very safe. In fact, you'll actually be much safer on cloud than you actually would be using desktop computing. And I think it actually lends itself even more to that age group. So historically, technology was quite scary because I had to go and set up a server or a computer. And whenever I set up a computer, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had to put this update on, I had to do this feature set. I was out of, you know, I was out of, my, out of version control. All these things it was hard. We made it really hard. What cloud computing does, it's effectively a service. So if you think about it like any other utility, you effectively flick a switch on, you subscribe, and you you pay for what you use fundamentally. Mm -hmm. So we take care of all the hard stuff. We take care of security. We take care of all the development. All you need is a browser. You can access it on anywhere, anytime, on any device. And, and, and it just works for you. It makes it really, really easy. So getting to know your customers, is that one of their pain points or their emotional side of it, their, their fear of, of, 
I suppose, using something like a zero. Do you do that sort of qualitative research with customers and potential customers? We do, we do lots and lots of research. Yes, I thought you might. Customers. So <laughs> it was obviously the data aspect to that, but there's also talking. Nothing replaces going out and talking to them. And the best mm. part of my job is actually out going, going to talk to people. And, you know, small business is an interesting, it's a very interesting market. I mean, by its very nature, it's very diverse, mm. you know, and, uh, and, they're, and it's very fragmented. So, you know, it's interesting. We quite often compare, we might often compare a, a you know, Someone who owns a cafe in the down street in Main Street, Mornington, uh, to a cane farmer in far north Queensland, and we put them in the same bucket, but they're fundamentally different. Yes, different beasts, different yeah. di- different businesses. Yeah. So talking to small business is actually not not that easy at a, at a holistic view, but we're starting to get much more insights now, and the cloud's actually allowing us to do that, which is pretty cool. How do you segment your customers? We really don't segment our customers. I mean, we, we are pretty suitable for the whole small business market. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, depending on who you believe, there's somewhere between 2.1 million and 3 million in Australia, and they all need accounting. So accounting is kind of like the, the base ticket to play if, you, if, if you're a small business. You have to have a digital system of record, um, and we just try to make that as easy as possible for them. So don't really segment them down. Now, one thing in preparation for today I was surprised at was that Zero started in New Zealand. I had no idea that it, that it was created in New Zealand, and in two thousand and six, so a bit long further ago, uh, you know, further away that, than I thought. I thought it was a bit more recent than than that long ago. Uh, and now you've got over one million subscribers globally in one hundred and eighty countries and growing. True. What were some of the key success factors to that growth? So I think the cloud completely changed the game. So if you want to be, um, if you want to be an online business, you need to think globally. And I think no one thinks globally really better than New Zealand and Australians do because we're in a small economy. So straight away, we have to think globally to go. And if you're in the US market, you can actually, there's so much market opportunity there. But if you're going to build a cloud product, the only way you're ever going to actually make it work long term is scale. Mm. So you've got to think globally from day one. Yeah. And that was very much the, the, the thought process. Uh, you are right. It started 2006 back in New Zealand. Like all great things that come out of New Zealand, we claimed them really early on. So we did that. Um, no, it's not true, actually. But you're, you're, you're not so. from New Zealand, are you? No, I'm no, not Australian. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. I couldn't pick up an accent. No, local born and bred. Um, yeah. In fact, my father my father lives in Mornington, so uh, I know this area very well. Oh, that's good. That's good, to, that's good to know. Now, with the 180 countries, what was the plan? So you've gone New Zealand, was Australia the next obvious Target. We actually went to the UK first, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, Why, we Why did a, you do that? I actually wasn't around at that point. I've only been here for about five years, but I think it was one of the founders actually wanted to go and live in the UK more than in the oh, okay. I'm not sure it was a strategic <laughs> decision, uh, but, but that's okay. So we went to the UK really on. That's going really well for us now. Uh, we've got offices in New Zealand. Australia, um, the US, mm. um, up in Asia, I look after the Asian business as well. So we're actually got offices in Singapore and, and, and Hong Kong now, and we're expanding around the world. But accounting is an interesting thing. So accounting is fundamentally one of the first true global platforms. I think it was first uh, invented in 1496. I think that was a, where it was credited from. Um, and a debit is a debit and a credit is a credit anywhere you go in the world. So it actually fundamentally doesn't change. That last line of compliance, that last little bit of work you need to do with local regulation, that has to be done. Mm. But fundamentally, accounting actually has a use case right around the world. So people find us online and subscribe up to our online our online international version from you know, pretty much anywhere, yeah. countries I hadn't even heard of, to be honest. So let's just go back in time a little bit to cool. your background specifically. So you are actually a trained accountant, is that right? I am. I am a qualified CPA. I just wasn't very good at it. Right. <laughs> okay, but I, I, one bit of your it's career... That's why I wrote that I run an accounting software company now. <laughs> One thing that of your career that I did find interesting that you spend quite a bit of time working for Microsoft. I did. So what did Microsoft teach you? 
So I worked for a relatively small part of Microsoft. So I was like in a really small division, which effectively has a scale up inside a much bigger business. So it was inter- that was interesting from, from the beginning. What did Microsoft teach me? Um, so Microsoft taught me some good things and, and some bad things. And Microsoft's a fantastic company. Mm. And, they, you know, fundamentally, if you get down below the surface, their underlying purpose w- was, you know, was fantastic. They taught me a lot of great leadership skills. They invest really strongly in their people. Mm. So I learned a lot. And it's a lot of things I you know, I, I still use each and every day now around leadership and about people management and building teams was mm-hmm. very much off the back of what I, what I took away from Microsoft. When you're managing Australia and you do Asia as mm-hmm. well, how, what are some of the cultural gaps or the issues or challenges that, that you've got with that role? So that's a really, that's a really good question and something I've thought about a lot. So there are some cultural differences, but fundamentally when you're scaling up a business and so to give you some, some sort of, um, idea of the scale, when I started at zero in Australia, we we're about 40 people in Australia. We're now over 400. So it gives you some sort of idea of the scale mm. in the last five years. So it's been an amazing journey and I've, and I've learned a lot of things throughout that, throughout that five year journey. And now as I'm looking to, as we're looking to scale up in Asia and that's going really well for us as well, the fundamentals are exactly the same. You know, if you've got a strong purpose, what's your purpose? Why do you actually exist? So people come to work now for purpose and that's really important. Number two, hiring for attitude. I think historically we're all about skills and knowledge and experience and they're important, but hiring for attitude is much more important because attitude allows you to change and grow. If you've got a company that's growing, you know, 40, 50% every year, if your people aren't growing at 40, 50% every year as well, they just won't keep pace. They can't keep pace with you. The other one I learned is about partnering. You can't do everything yourself. So innovation is all about partnering these days. You know, historically, especially tech companies, they were trying to do absolutely everything themselves mm. and they just can't do that. So partnering is really important. So we partner with over a hundred banks in Australia. Um, we've got about over 50,000 external developers developing around the outside of Zero's infrastructure as well. So this whole, um, this whole amount of innovation going on around the world. So that was the third thing I learned about partnering. Um, I think the other one is number four is customer obsession. Don't, I was going to say something rude, then I can't say. Don't ever stuff up your customer. So I got warned beforehand. So I won't say that. Don't. Yeah. But don't ever stuff Lucky up your customer. Lucky I warned you. Lucky you warned me because I was, go- I was going somewhere there. But but don't ever don't stuff your customer. Don't never take them for granted. And you know we've you mentioned you know we're now well over 1.2 million subscribers worldwide. We've got an over 518,000 subscribers or customers in Australia. But how do you make the 518,000 first customer feel as special as the first customer? Because back in September, you know 2008, we had two customers in Australia. And when you have two customers, you make them feel super special. Yeah. The risk of having over half a million is that that some of that what made that special might go away. So mm. it's really important that you do that as well. And I think that's you know we think about that a lot. I talk about that a lot inside it. And probably the last one and the most important one is um, innovate or be disrupted. Yeah. So if you're not, and that's not just innovating in technology sense. It's innovating in your business processes and just continuing to challenge yourself to change. Um, I don't really like the word disruptor. It's got a negative connotation. Yeah, it, it has. I, I, I agree with you. I've, I've struggled with it. I've, I've accepted it now and I try to use it in a positive way. But following on from that point, you know, it's a disrupt yourself before someone else Correct. is going to do it. Correct. You know, I actually don't have much sympathy for people that get disrupted because they, they generally, when you drill into it, it's generally a victim statement. Yeah, so it is. So they yeah. could have played their way out of it or they yeah. could just say, woe is me, it happened to me. But when you drill into it, it's either... They lost sight of their customer. Mm. They didn't innovate. They didn't invest. They didn't invest in their people. So when there's generally a reason, but sometimes there's not, but most of the time they forgot some of the fundamentals that made them special in the first place. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get disrupted and then they cry foul and it's generally because they didn't innovate. Like the taxi industry. 
Yeah, very annoying. much. Very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the way that you use customer obsession. I, I, one thing that really annoys me, which I'm glad you're not annoying me, Trent, because that's really, really cool. No, that's good. Yeah, that's I'm, good. I'm it's, 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 a it's a good start, isn't it? It's a good start. It's a good impact. <laughs> yeah, it's a good start. But the, the term customer satisfaction really annoys me because satisfying a customer is so mediocre. We're talking about di- disruption. And people still have customer satisfaction indexes. Like, come on. Minimum delight them, but be obsessed by them because without customers, you don't have a business. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I love about social media. I mean, there's highs, we hear about the highs and lows of social media, but if you've got to be willing to put yourself out there now because mm. that cuts right through. And I think every CEO or MD or owner of businesses has to be active on social media now. So if, if people reach out to me directly, good, bad, or indifferent, I'll always get back to them on social media. It's very transparent, and people also see how I respond as well. And that's, and that's all about ownership. And that becomes really important. And humanizing technology. Correct. So you, and this is what I'm reading between the lines here, yourself personally and Zero as a company has understood that, you know, computers quite haven't taken over the world yet. Human beings are still running business. And so you still need to communicate and engage with human beings. So you're humanizing tech. So I absolutely believe them. There's a whole lot of things that computers suck at. They're just not good at it. So when you actually think about what computers are good at, they're mm. good at very repetitive tasks, but they don't, they don't speak well to people. They don't empathize. Um, they struggle to understand double negatives. I found out the other day, which is interesting. Artificial intelligence gets stuck, stuck on double negatives. So double negatives are positive mm. and things like, so there's a whole lot of things that they don't actually do well. And the, if you think about the skills, you know, if you advise, I've got two teenage um, daughters and as I'm starting to advise them about the skills they need coming through now, it's all those soft skills. They're the ones that actually are going to take you through as things change. They're the transferable skills. Mm. It's not the, the hard skills anymore. So, so, the world's definitely changing and things, and it's more and more things will get automated, but that's been happening for a long time. That goes right back to the industrial revolution. So it's not, this is not new. No, it's interesting. We talked about language and the word disruption, not liking that and me not liking the word satisfaction. Another word is soft skills. It sounds like soft sounds negative. It does. Where there actually should be something like intellectual skills or hard soft skills. Hard, because hard <laughs> skills sounds like, you know, you're, you're hardcore, the hard skills. It's a bit more positive. The soft skills, it's like, oh, like when you did it's a very good point actually i never thought of it like that yeah. but I, I like i agree with you i think uh it needs a rebrand it needs i should a, I'd put that on my to-do list yeah i know i've got a lot i've got a lot does, of things it, to rebrand it does it needs a rebrand exactly right you're right yeah well i think marketing the term marketing needs a rebrand but anyway look i'm i'm getting distracted that's okay we're going to take a short break Are you okay with that Absolutely. and you're going to hang around for the whole show which is fabulous so i'm looking forward to exploring and your wonderful mind and picking your brains and uh, we hope you're enjoying eavesdropping on this really fascinating conversation today as we talk about business innovation technology and efficiency and we'll be right back after this very short break Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. I think everybody recognises that music and that is the Jaws theme song by the John Williams Orchestra. And the reason we've played that is because today we are talking about the BITE conference. Be the shark, not the shark bait. And BITE stands for Business Innovation Technology and Efficiency. And we've joined in the studio here by the Managing Director of Zero in Australia, Trent Innes. And our next guest created BITE. She's a great friend of the program, Shannon Smith from Smart Business Solutions. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. BITE in its second year. Yes, it is. It was a, such a great success last year that we're, we're doing it all again. 
Where did the idea come from to do Bite? Ironically, I'm, I'm not sure if I should say this in front of Trent. Oh, do, but, do. Um, <laughs> so about two or three years ago, um, one of our staff members couldn't attend both days of ZeroCon. Mm. So one of my clients who's a big fan of Zero, I said, do you want to just come in? And she's the wife of a tradie and I am, she loves it. So I said, do you want to just pretend to be one of our employees for one day? So we snuck her in. Don't tell Trent that. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, with that, she was just so amazed and just said, why do they only do this for accountants and bookkeepers? Such a, an event that had all of this business innovation, technology, all of this going on. And um, so that idea kind of sat with me and I thought, the Mornington Peninsula, I'm sick of driving away to the city for yeah, all yeah. of these events. Yeah. So we really need a conference down here. And um, so that's kind of what sparked it. And I know my husband keeps saying to me, like, why I felt the need to be the one to organise it. <laughs> but... Um, um, someone's got to do someone's it. Someone's got to yeah. do it. And so that kind of sparked the idea in looking at the at the Zero because, I mean, Zero's really, I guess, inspired a lot on how we operate. Mm. I mean, it's really come in and helped us um, in our businesses and, and made accounting enjoyable. It wasn't enjoyable before as much as what it is now with the technology behind it. So um, going to that conference and seeing how great the Zero conference is and being able to do something from a small business perspective, it's really what's inspired it. And last year was going to be a small, a small event, we thought, 50 people and next week you know we sold out at 300 so um it, it was incredible now we should uh say those that don't know shannon means that you're not listening to the program often enough but if you don't know <laughs> shannon shannon runs smart business solutions which is an accounting practice so you're an accountant as well yes. okay i'm outnumbered and our, our next guest, I've, I've stolen that from him, but I'll introduce him in a minute. So Smart Business Solutions and Byte. So you've effectively backed this, but you've got comp, you've got sponsors, you've got some really great speakers, and I, I'm involved in it, which I'm very proudly. I wasn't last year, but I was looking at it going, I think I need to be part of this. So I'm, thank you for uh, including me in it. But I love the fact that it's a city conference right here on the, in Mornington. Yeah, right. And it's about, we've got such a reliance on small business here in the Mornington mm. Peninsula. There's so many small businesses here. I think the stats are over 90% of people employed are actually with a small business on the peninsula. And mm. I feel really fortunate. I've worked overseas. I've worked in, you know, the US and Europe. Yeah. Um, but I've been able to come back and having worked from one of the big city accounting firms, I've been able to come back and have a really great career and, and, and role here on the peninsula and grow. I grew up down here on the peninsula. I went to school down here. And I guess I'm very passionate about small business on the peninsula because I really want my kids to have that choice mm. that they don't have to move to the city to get that great job or run that business. They can actually stay and, you know, and have a really fulfilling business down here on the peninsula because it is really a booming economy from a small business perspective. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits now. We talked before the break about disruption in business and we talked mm. about the cloud and how that's making everyone much more mobile. And this is one of the benefits that you don't have to go into the city now to get a job. You can work from effectively anywhere with, with technology, with the help of technology. Yes, definitely. And that's what, and, and a lot of people, I think the freelance kind of has come out yes, as well where yeah. people are more confident. I think um, if I look at Zero, for example, has enabled um, accountants to more go and open their own business mm. that they may not have, you know, in the, when I first started, it was, um, you know, quite a lengthy process to get your own practice going. And now that's made it a lot easier 
as well. And I think for small business, they're able to, you know, go onto the software, put onto many, say, an inventory software and, and make streamline their business and really grow and know their numbers mm. a lot more um, on a more timely basis. Yeah, well, we are, we, and I say we being Art or PFM, as part of our involvement and support of Byte, we're actually going to be there live doing an outside broadcast, so taking care of business and myself and my sidekick, if he doesn't mind me calling him that, Warwick Mary, who's, who's here. Hello, Warwick. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back here on RPFM. I've got to get that right by the conference, don't I? Yeah, you do. Uh, and you are the voice of God. So this is this is actually true, Trent and Shannon. If you Google the voice of God, Wikipedia, Warwick Mary's name's there. Now, how did that happen? Did you do have something to do with that? I, I might have had a little bit to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I uh, thought so. In that, so I, I host a lot of conferences and um, Trent doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to ask them about hosting ZeroCon. Um, uh, and <laughs> at one of the conferences, someone was like, in the theatre there's a term voice of God, which is the voice from the back of the room. And yeah. I do that and I use my deep voice for doing that. Yeah. And people said, oh, you should market yourself as voice of God. And I went, yeah, yeah. But um, I went to Wikipedia and looked at Voice of God and they had names like uh, Morgan Freeman and James L. Jones. And I thought, that would be a good positioning statement to have your name there. <laughs> what most people don't realise is you can update Wikipedia yourself. And so I did. Oh, good on you. <laughs> and put my name there. Yeah, and, I like it. And, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's really good. Well, those that listen to the show regularly would recognise Warwick's voice. He does our intro as well. Now, you're involved in Byte. You're going to co-host Correct. the outside broadcast uh, for Ottawa PM. Yeah, we're, we're going to give the behind the scenes. Name. You know when you get a, a, a Blu-ray or DVD and you have the you know the editor's commentary or the director's commentary? Oh, we're yeah. going to be doing sort of like the director's commentary in the background. So we'll be having some chats with different people and throwing our two bobs worth. So not as good as going. So if you're in the area, do buy a ticket. Um, but if you aren't in the area, you can sort of get a bit of the behind-the-scene glimpse and get some of the gold nuggets. Yeah, the website, biteconferencevictoria.com.au. And uh, there's plenty of places. If you just Google Byte Conference Victoria 2018, you'll you'll find it. Now, speaking of the guests that we've got in the conference, you've got some really, really good speakers, Shannon Smith. Andy Lark, you've yes. got as a speaker. Yep. Tell us a little yes. bit about so, Andy. So Andy was um, there last year and we got a lot of great feedback. We're really thrilled to have Andy back. Actually, Andy used to be head of marketing at Zero. Oh, did he? He did. Oh, uh, he, he helped with that whole, I guess, the growth coming through at oh, that time. that's interesting. Um, um, Andy's an incredible speaker. I've seen him speak quite a number of times. And what's amazing, he, he kind of gives three years to each company. So he's a Kiwi actually originally himself, but mm. he's been in the US, in Australia. He was behind the, the Commonwealth Bank's Ken program um, when they, they did all of that marketing. And the most recent ones, he was a, a kind of freelancing a bit, I guess, for the last year or so, is that, um, I don't know about you, but you see Netflix and Stan. And so I always thought, well, Foxtel's clearly on the way out. Mm. You know, Foxtel's probably going to be gone. Yeah. But Andy's now taken up the head role of marketing at Foxtel. So based on what I know of Andy and, and the and the work he does, um, Foxtel's not going anywhere. Stay He'll be tuned. Yes, exactly. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Yeah. Warwick, with Foxtel. I'm looking forward to chatting with him. It'll be a bit of fun. Yeah. And because uh, Fo- Foxtel's biggest issue is their price differential because mm. everything else is 10 bucks a month. And, yeah. and I personally, I don't have 
pay TV, but they're like 40 bucks or something oh, like that. Oh, minimum. I but, think but what they do have is they have sport, mm. and the others don't have sport. And, and for Australians, they love their sport. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, I'll pay any like any amount of money for my sport. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, to find out how he's going to deal how with How he's going to do that. Now, we've also got Andrew Morello, and he's emceeing, not Warwick Mary, because I've got Warwick Mary. Yeah. You can't have Warwick Mary. I'm, I've got Warwick Mary in demand. But Andrew Morello's emceeing, but he was, was he in The Apprentice? Australia? Yes, he won The Apprentice, I think the first Australian Apprentice many, many years ago. He's an absolute character. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's really great. So he he was um, MC last year, he did Mm. a great job, so we've got him and We've also got um, a lot of new, they're the only speakers that are basically kind of from last year as well. We've got a lot of new speakers. We've got Diane McGrath, so yeah, the she's Mars. she's the lady from Mars. Yes. She's fabulous. Right. Um, I had a conversation with her recently, um, and not only what she's doing for Mars, but she did a recent thing, live off someone else's leftovers for a week. So for a week, she would go around cafes and just try and eat, exist. And part of that is the, the ecology of food systems that she's going to need for Mars. Uh, but she is a very interesting woman and smart. Oh, whip crack smart. She's amazing. Or crazy. Yeah. A bit, like, a bit of both. A, a one-way ticket to Mars? Would would you do it? Would, does that inter- doesn't interest me at all. No, not for me. Not now. If I was younger, yes, but you know, I've turned 50. I've had my poo test sent to me in the mail now because I'm old. The only person I know who talks about <laughs> oh, it. It's the coolest thing. But anyway, we won't talk about that. No. Um, but for me now, I'm in a... Cause they, they're not leaving for about 10 years. So I'll be 60 by that stage. She's going to want to send a 60 year old into space that, that like, that there's not enough return on investment. So they're looking for the younger people. The young people are going to go up there. Yeah, yeah. I think out of, um, how many's left now? Is it the top 100 or top 200? The top 100 are left. Top 100. I think there's four Australians, at least four. This is worldwide. That's incredible. That's, Trent, that was back to your uh, earlier point about businesses in Australia and New Zealand scaling and thinking globally. And I think that's part of our culture, that that's probably why we do so well in sport on the global stage and why we've got four out of four out of 100 globally doing, going a one-way ticket to Mars, though. Actually, the more I think about that, I don't know. I think I would have preferred to go at 60 than, uh, than probably when I was younger. I think I'd rather go towards the end towards rather than the beginning, I would have thought. I reckon I've got a list of 100 people I'd like to send on a one-way Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's right, exactly. Anyway, oh, so she'll be really interesting. Oh, she's going to be fantastic. Yeah. We only spoke to her yesterday just in briefing and getting ready for her um, presentation. We've also got um, Lance coming across from New Zealand. He hasn't presented much, um, Lance Burdett, uh, oh, much in Australia. We have a New Zealand theme going I know, on we here. didn't mean it, but it happened. I, know. Um, I was trying to get also speak Speakers that you know that it's not that everyone's seen them speak yeah, before. Yeah, of course. And um, Lance Burdett is a, a crisis negotiator. So you know, like the siege that was in Sydney at the mm. Lind Cafe. So he's in negotiating with the terrorists in that type of um, those situations. Oh. And he's uh, spoken a lot in America, and he's spoken a lot, obviously, in New Zealand. He, I think, he's done one or two in Sydney. I don't believe he's done any in Melbourne. So I'm really excited that we've managed to secure him through different contacts, and yeah. um, he's flying over from New Zealand for it. How'd you go negotiating his contract? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. It was a bit of a crisis at one point. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I think it's time we have a break. Uh, On that note, uh, we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. We are talking about the Byte Conference today, Business Innovation Technology and Efficiency. And that song was One Direction. I know it's a bit daggy and everyone teases me about my daggy selections, but there's always a theme. And the theme was what makes you beautiful. And uh, a boring accounting brand called... 
well, it's not boring, but accounting as a brand is boring. And they disrupted it and made it beautiful. And that was zero, beautiful I, accounting. I think I challenge you on the, on the, I actually think accounting is beautiful. I actually think it's, ma- it's actually oh. quite magical. When it, when it, no, yeah, hear, me on, hear me out. Hear me out. Go on. This is, this when, is Trent Innes, by the way. Yes. When it, when it balances out, it is absolutely magical. And any accountant, if you say that to an accountant, a roof of accountants, they will all nod and go, Yes, yep. that is a beautiful thing because it actually yeah. balanced out. So there is, it's about, so take it up a level. It's about knowing your clients mm. and the word beautiful to accountants is like a breath of fresh air. It's an industry that had been for a lot of purposes largely ignored, yet it plays such an important role. And the reality was at a barbecue, you had to apologize for being an accountant. Mm. So people would say, what do you do for a living? I'm an accountant. They'd say, oh, sorry. <laughs> and that's not fair, but I'd actually say right now, it's never been a more exciting time to be an accountant than right now. Okay, so when you're at a barbecue and someone asks you what you do, how do you answer it? I run a tech company. Oh, okay, so no, you used, to, tech- no, no, you I, I, I used oh. to be an accountant. No, no, I'm just saying that. No. Just, but do you actually say you're an accountant? How do you? How do I you probably say? did. I probably did years ago. But to be fair, I probably haven't really been a, a real accountant for for close to twenty years now. So it's a lot. It's a long time ago for me. But I'm definitely accounting trained and accounting qualified. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll take that on board, and I, I love the passion, and I think that that's probably what makes you great at your job that you actually can stand by it and. And uh, I'm outnumbered, again, in another pun, because I've got three accountants in the studio. I've got Shannon Smith here from Smart Business Solutions and my co-host for the outside broadcast for BITE, the wonderful Warwick Merry. Now, Warwick Merry, you were an accountant. How come you're not an accountant now? <laughs> I had too much personality for that. Oh, um, no. No, no. no, no, seriously. I, How to make friends I, and influence. You no. gave up before Zero came. If yeah, Zero was yeah, around at that is. time, you no, would look, have kept I, doing um, it. I studied IT and accountancy here on the peninsula at what is now uh, Monash University Peninsula Campus. And um, I, my last summer semester, I did uh, a, a, an intern as an auditor for Price Waterhouse before they were Price Waterhouse Coopers, and I was reprimanded for being too friendly to the client because I'd walk past clients and say good morning because I didn't know them and I just thought it was polite. Um, but yeah, no, it just wasn't for me. But I will say numbers are beautiful. Like numbers oh, are fantastic. He still has oh that. man, it's true. You, the reconciliations you get them right or the right numbers. Like I'm I'm a mathematician at heart and I love numbers in general. Like a nice quadratic equation is just fabulous. But um, when everything all lines up, beautiful. And this is what annoys me and what Zero has been fantastic at. But what annoys me is business owners who go, oh, no, it's, the numbers are too hard. And it's like they are so not. And they are the most important information to come out of your business. How can you run a business? Like so many people are losing money with every sale and they have no idea because they go, oh, it's too hard. The accountant can deal with that. And I'll see them every quarter. It's like, and Zero gives you on the on the on the dot up to date accounts this is what's going on it automatically reconciles there's so much great stuff so that as a small as an entrepreneur like a one or two business owner what it allows you to do is get your accounts done like a bass people go oh baths take forever they take 5 minutes if that and that's just put submitting the crap that you have to do for the government the actual doing the bass is like a print bass report oh there it is so you should come and work for us, Warren. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. It's just numbers. Numbers are awesome. Numbers are the three of you. You say the same, Shannon. You're yes. beautiful. We were all fist pumping. You're going, no, what do you oh, say? No. The numbers are going, yes. 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 Right. So, I love the passion I do. And uh, you've, you've actually changed my mind a little bit, a little bit. But I'm, I'm not, clearly not a, num- a numbers person. But that's, I've got, I've got talent and elsewhere. But that's certainly not one of them. But saying that, I'm a classic customer of a zero oh, brand. Thank you. Thank you. Because I'm not into the numbers, I want someone else to be into them. 
you know. So if zero was a person, it was, it'd be one of you three because I want someone to be passionate about it because I want them to care about my numbers because they are important, as Warwick mm. said, for running a business. Well, it's, it's still the biggest reason small businesses go out of business. They, they, run, out of, they run out of cash. They just yeah. don't know their cash yeah. position. And uh, Warwick hit the nail on the head before. He said they, they'd wait to the end of the month or the end of the quarter or, worst case, the end of the year, mm. and then actually, oh, I've got no money. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're, they're in dire trouble. So now... The reality is with you know, the advent of cloud computing, and I think what Xero's bought is very much the ability to see each and every day where you are. So our, our peak time, our, we can look at our systems, and our peak time is 7.25 in the morning. So 7.25 in the morning is the peak time of usage of Xero in Australia. Really? Because people, re- people are looking at their reconciliation and say, who paid me and who do I need to pay? Yeah. And, and can I suggest to you that some of the small business owners are doing that from bed? They are. So they're lying in bed doing their they reconciliation. Do. That's what I do. And, and it's just like this is this – is, what Zero has done has actually disrupted the accounting industry because it used to be you'd have a shoebox full of stuff and then you'd take it to your accountant once a quarter who'd then say, by the way, you're broke or you're rolling in cash because you had no idea. Whereas now you can look at, look at your cash position at, at any point in time. I would actually say we haven't disrupted. We've actually made it better. Yeah. Mm. Okay. The ASIC figures, the latest ASIC figures, show that poor record keeping is the major cause of business yep. failure. Yep, that's exactly right. And then you run out of cash. There you go. There you go. And that, you know, there's, and it, again, it depends where you read the figures, but seven out of 10 businesses fail in the first year. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's nine. It does vary depending on the source of information. So I think that just breeds fear and that annoys me a little bit because I think you need to sort of know your numbers, but also emotionally have that confidence to not be sort of driven by the fear. So if you see those numbers, my advice would be always check, check the source. Um, Trent Innes, I wanted to chat, go back to zero. How do you strategically deal with your competitors? Because that, I mean, that's the elephant in the room, and we're talking about zero today. But there, you've got some competitors. You're not the only company that's realised that the cloud accounting is beneficial. So, what's your sort of strategy for dealing with your competitors? So, I think it comes down to, who, to working out who your competitors are, mm. and so I don't. I don't see my competitors in the traditional sense. So my, my competitors, if I look at the local market here, my competitors are the likes of um, the likes of Seek, realestate.com. All the other big tech companies are actually hiring talent. So I, it's a race for talent. So my competitors are the people who are actually hiring the best people. So if I can hire the best people, I will stream away because I can develop quicker, I can innovate quicker. Um, and that's actually who my competitors are. The If you think about actually accounting software as such, I don't, see them in a different sort of way we can differentiate ourselves away from them really easily so we're a global platform we're going global a lot of them are only really focused locally so they're clearly differentiated from from the beginning and and consumers will work out which one works better for them Mm. you know so that's about us getting better value proposition but ultimately it's actually about talent and uh you know, we were really fortunate last year. We uh, we got recognised as um, recognised as the best tech company to work for in Melbourne uh, by an independent server com- um, company called Hyde recognises that. And going from you know five years ago, I had to explain that we weren't a photocopy sales company. Everyone thought we were Xerox five years ago. So we've turned that around, which is good. So the branding's worked well. Yeah. But to actually attract the best talent is is really what differentiates us. That's how, that's who our competitors are. 
I'm glad you touched on the brand because that's my happy place and my comfort zone. And that's what I think is beautiful is the brand side of things. And it's interesting, the Xerox, because uh, one of the principles of branding, it's, it, with, particularly with brand names, is that people will uh, refer to an existing memory. So Xerox was an existing memory awesome. until you then work on creating a new memory, which is the Xero brand. And I know with Shannon, with um, Byte Conference, you and I had a conversation that some people thought it was Bitcoin because that was BikeCon. They thought it was Bitcoin. So that was quite funny. But as you're now, you know, building up your brand. But the brand that I want to talk about, which the three of you are highly aware of as accountants, is CPA. Now, CPA had a very high awareness, particularly when Alex Malley was the CEO of that. Uh, and we all know that all went terribly pear-shaped. And I, I personally think that it damaged the CPA brand. And I know that you're a CPA. Trent, what's your view on that from a branding perspective? Yes, I should, so I'm a qualified CPA. I'm actually not an active member at the moment, but I am a qualified CPA. Um, I think it was really quite sad for the industry, mm. if I'm honest. I don't know. I don't want to necessarily talk about Alex per se. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah, but it was more about the actual. I felt sorry for the accounting industry because it wasn't mm. just the CPAs. It got dragged into that. It was the entire. It was the yes, entire industry. It did. Yeah. And it's such an amazing industry with great people that are doing great work in each and every day, and they all sort of got dragged into it. And be on the back page of the AFR as an industry yeah, each day is actually yeah. that's not much fun. Mm. Um, and. And even it had some downstream effects. I and mean, I've read some articles about, you know, the fact the accounting industry is going through this disruption and, you know, it's one of the jobs that's most likely to get replaced, which I don't subscribe to by any way, shape or form. I said earlier, I think it's the most exciting time to be an accountant. You know, it actually needed some positive news and some positive reinforcement. And it was all, it was all negative, negative, negative. So that was probably the thing that upset me the most. Mm. How do you think they're doing now? So how do you think they've recovered? Yeah, look, it's, it's probably, I mean, I think they've bunkered down, haven't they? It looks like they've really bunkered down at the moment, which is exactly what I would probably do. You bunker down, reassess where you're at, and then you've got to go back to a little bit what I spoke about before, understand what your purpose is. Why mm. do you actually exist? And ultimately, it's got to be about making the accounting industry a better place to be in. And that's, you know, I, don't, I actually don't know off the top of my head what their actual purpose or mission statement is, but I'd hope it's something about making our, making our members be the best they possibly can be or something of that nature. Otherwise, if it's all about self-promotion, then I think they're on the wrong track. Are there other industry or professional bodies that look after accountants, or is that the only one? There are other ones, are there? It's a big debate as well. Mm. Oh, is yeah. it? The and, Institute and, of Chartered Accountants. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. And, and there are some like, oh, I'm a CPA. Well, I'm chartered. Well, I'm chartered. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, ooh, oh okay. And why yeah. that? Why are you chartered it's and basically, not a CPA? What's the difference? Ford versus Holden. Oh, okay. <laughs> So what attracted you, Shannon, to oh, um, Working with Ernst & Young and being one of the big, in, with the big accounting firms, they tend to all go through the chartered program. Mm. So most people that have worked then at the big four for, for a certain amount of time would be chartered accountants. And so what CPA did really well before the whole Alex Malley stuff was they had some really good branding, which was talking about here are accountants all around the world and it's the CPAs that have helped them get there. And they were really focused on the members. And so you actually knew about them, whereas... The average person will have no idea about chartered. Like they just would not know. And so the CPA had done well about positioning, you know, essentially make sure your accountant isn't a chartered accountant. That was their, their brand message. Um, and cause look how good they are. And, but chartered haven't really existed, but it's an internal, like if you're an accountant, you know of the two and it is Ford versus Holden. They're sort of, and there are strong beliefs that one is better than the other. The reality is they're probably pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, well, I always say every Pepsi needs its Coke and vice versa. So it keeps everyone sort of on their toes a little bit. But did the Chartered Institute of Chartered Accountants take advantage of the CPA issue? 
or did, I'd or probably did, like Trent said, they probably were also kind affected. of saddened yes, by it good, because it yeah. does, it did indirectly impact everyone. Yeah. But I mean, on those two professional bodies, I mean, the other body out there that I think's had a bigger impact than those professional bodies would be zero. I mean, I think the zero community, what zero has done in, I guess we're not members, we're just working with the zero platform is to create this community, not just locally, but also globally. So there is this zero community. I think that zero has probably done more in that space from creating a, a community of, I guess you could call members than maybe what some of the other bodies have actually done. Yeah, uh, when we come back from this short break, we're going to quickly talk about the next phase of growth because I know that you talk mm-hmm. about that, Trent Innes, from zero. I'm interested to know what that is. And we are talking about the Bite Conference, which is coming up on the 29th of May at Mornington Racecourse. And I'm joined here by Warwick Mary, Shannon Smith and Trent Innes. And I'm picking their beautiful brains. We're talking beautiful accounting, beautiful words, beautiful things, beautiful people. And we're going to take some a beautiful break to talk about these beautiful sponsors. That's beautiful. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Yes, let's go. We are talking about the Bite Conference at Mornington Racecourse on the 29th of May, where Big City Conference is coming down to Mornington right here on the beautiful Mornington Peninsula. Business innovation, technology and efficiency. And you don't want your business to bite the dust as Freddie Mercury. I love that song. I love the bass on that song, don't you, Warwick Oh, it's so good. It's just like when we're fading the song down, I'm like, no, it's got to keep going. I know. I I know. It's good, isn't it? But everyone knows. But, you know, we're talking about business success and business failure, and we don't want businesses to bite the dust. So if you want to grow your business, I strongly recommend going to the Bite Conference. I'm joined here today by the voice of God, Warwick Mary, Shannon Smith, who is the creator, founder of Bite. Yes. Is that how you describe yeah, yourself? I guess so, yes. Yeah, I suppose yeah. you Maybe are, instigator? You? Yes. Instigator. Definitely the host. You're the yes. host. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Trent Innes, who's the managing director of Zero, who's heavily involved as well. And uh, we are talking about all things business now. By business innovation, technology and efficiency, we've talked a lot about business. We've talked about innovation. We've talked about technology. And the E we haven't talked about with this efficiency and that's something that isn't talked about enough, I don't think, in my very humble opinion, about creating efficiencies in your business. Trent Innes, how do you create efficiencies in your business? In my, in my specific business? Yes. I think there's lots of ways. I mean, number one, you hire great people and you, uh, and you give them great challenges and, you, and they will find their way to driving that by, by definition. So I think ultimately it comes down to in any business hiring great people. I think, mm. that, that, I think that's number one. I think you've always got to be willing to continue to look at new ways of doing things. Mm. So always be open to could we do this better? Yeah. You know, I've actually just hired uh, I've just hired someone um, who kind of compliments me really well because they're really good at all the things that I'm really poor at. So it's great having someone sitting right across the That's business what you want. to do that. And yeah. his and his job is actually to make us be the best we can possibly be. That's his job, basically. <sighs> and I want him to go and weigh and I don't actually know what that means yet. Yeah. But he's going to go away and do that. Uh, and that, and that'll be fantastic because he, that's what he, that's what he's great at. Yeah. So it's about having people around you. And, you know, and if you're a small business, sometimes you can't go and hire that person. I'm quite a big business now, but that's where your accountant or bookkeeper can really help you because they're the ones that'll help you drive, drive that efficiency. And I talked a little bit earlier, but you know, especially with cloud accounting now, because you can actually collaborate in real time with your accountant or bookkeeper, they can be really involved in your business now. It's a different engagement than the old days. It's not, 
It's not the days of just taking a box of receipts back to them anymore and sorting that out. That's kind of a bit of a low value task. They can actually help you now and work out, you know, what should, what should you be focused on? Where could the efficiencies come from? How can you do things better? Yeah. Have you got the right margins in place? Are you hiring people effectively? All those things your accountant and bookie can help you with in small business. It's process, systems, procedures. And, you know, I always say if you can save five minutes a day on one thing, and then five minutes on something else, that all adds up. And uh, and that's creating efficiencies, which then saves you money, saves you time, all those precious bits and pieces. I reckon being more efficient in business, it really boils down to two things, and that is doing things right and doing the right things. Yeah. And because so many people get distracted doing stuff they just don't need to do, and or they're doing something but they're not doing it as as, as quickly or as smoothly as they could. And so, I mean, having something like zero is great because... It does all the grunt work for you, you know, and you don't have to think about, am I doing this right? Because it's already done it. By the time you've had that thought, it's done. Um, but it is about making sure. And I think one of the things that small business owners get sidetracked completely with is they don't do the right things. And that is, that is where what's, what's going to kick goals. And you were talking before about accountants and bookkeepers. I believe they're getting more, their value now is becoming more on a strategic level. Like they're setting the strategy because, you know, stuff like zero does the grunt work, but now it's like, okay, what do we need to do to bring this level of cash in? What, what, what does our pricing need to be? What is our labor cost going to be? And so you can start to look at those almost cost accounting questions, cost accounting, um, and, and get more strategic. I'll step back. We're seeing that a lot with our clients that they, they're wanting to come in and chat with us a lot more. It's not that, you know, scary thing of going into, to see the accountant and we are doing the cash flow. We're doing budgeting and it's a lot more exciting. So I'm even seeing it with our team members and really upskilling my team members that, you know, zero is actually automating a lot of these parts that we can get into the really exciting understanding the business and, And, and and you run an accountancy or a bookkeeping, it's so much more valuable to the yes. client, so you can charge more. So yeah. for you, it's profitable as well. So it's like it's such a good thing, and you can yeah. do it more efficiently. Yes, Correct. so actually yeah. the margins yep. are better as well. So it is genuinely an exciting time to be mm. an accountant. Yeah, uh, we have a regular on the show by the name of Kate Christie, who's a time management expert. She's one of the best in the world. She runs a company called Time Stylers and she was on not long ago and she gave a really good tip about creating efficiency, particularly for small business owners. So she said for small business owners, what are you worth per hour? So whether you, you know, you think you charge yourself out at $50 or $100 or $200 an hour, whatever it is. So then do your time sheet every day as you as an agency uh, would where you spend your time and if you're doing an hour two hours on social media a day then that's then you add that up per hour so say you're hundred dollars an hour so you're doing two hours a day two hundred dollars a day how much a week and that's the, the amount of money that you're investing into social media are you getting a return on that investment and actually looking at it from that perspective but putting an hour on your time or putting a you know a fee on your hourly rate but most small businesses don't do that which is shocking and they should mm. Yeah, yeah, and they have so much time they feel, and what happens is they run out of energy. And so many small businesses fail in that first year, not because they run out of money, they run out of energy, yeah. and they just—it's just not there anymore, and they just can't do it. Or they're just busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So busy, I'm busy. I'm busy. flat out. Yeah, let me tell you. T- let me take busy. twenty minutes to tell you how busy I am. Yeah. Busy, wasting time, wasting time. Uh, Trent Innes from Zero, thank you very much for coming on the show. Just before we let Pleasure. you go, your next growth phase. What is it? Well, a lot of it's actually executing on our strategy. So it's not, you know, we don't, if you look around the world right now, about 3% of small businesses around the world are on cloud accounting. 
so three percent. So there's such a yes, massive market opportunity. Yeah. So our, our so our strategy is very much around executing our strategy around the around the world. Okay. Great. Well, we wish you continued success. I don't even need to wish you that. I'm just glad you're here. And thank thank you you for sharing your wisdom and your, um, your journey and your advice. And I, I know that you don't want me to mention it, but I'm just going to quickly say congratulations for winning the CEO magazine's executive of the year award, executive of the year, uh, 2017, last year. Um, (laughs) Was, what did that mean to you and why do you think you won? Uh, so what, so I think a lot of people make leadership hard. Leadership's actually not that hard. I think if you're a genuinely good person, you treat people well and, you know, you're very clear about what you, what you're trying to achieve. It's actually not, it's actually not that hard. So it was quite humbling to, 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 yeah. to actually win that. I think I was I most humble because my wife was there as well. So that was kind of a bit of a, and standing, I think uh, Gina Reinhardt was just before me and the uh, CEO of SBS was just after me. Yep. So it was, it was quite humbling, to be honest. But, yeah. so, but thank you for recognising it. No, that's good. And Shannon Smith from Smart Business Solutions, thank you again for joining us. The Bike Conference on the 29th of May in Mornington. Uh, look forward to it very much. And Warwick Mary, always the, oh, the merriest of merriest. And here on Star Wars Day, it's May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you, everybody. We'll see you at the Bike Conference. It's uh, What's the website so I can get a ticket? At bikeconferencevictoria.com.au. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. See you there. See you there. And we hope you've learned something new today and enjoyed eavesdropping on this interesting show. We look forward to your company next Friday, every Friday, 11am, right here on Ardo or PFM. In the meantime, keep taking care of your business.